we have certain skill sets and connections that can help you to reach your goals. Help us understand your goals and what's holding you back and let us figure out how to help you get there. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome, Migrate to Wealth listeners. Today, I have the good fortune to talk to one of my heroes, Annie Dickerson. I've been following around Dickerson, Annie Dickerson for the last two to three years. And a lot of what you see on my website and my own journey has been mimicked copy. I've stole it from Annie's websites and Annie's <laughs> approaches. <laughs> Annie, thank you again for taking the time. It's like I'm talking to my legend. How are you? <laughs> Thrilled to be here with you and your listeners, Socket. I'm doing fantastic. And yeah, excited to pour into your audience today. Awesome. Let's do that. Andy, where are you calling from? Remind us. I am, yeah, I'm based in the Bay Area in California. Oh my God. Hey, how are you doing with the whole Bay Area, with the California? Are you oh my gosh. Everything with safe rains, on your end? But, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think a couple of years ago, we didn't even know, you know, it's not like when we were growing up, the term atmospheric river was in textbooks. Correct. It's like, Correct. Correct. right? It was, a, it was theory. Phenomenon. Yeah. 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 And it's just been wild the last few weeks. I think they said the Bay Area has gotten 48 or 50 inches of rain in the last oh, 10 wow. days. 10 oh. days in an area where normally in the winter, we it's sunshine every day. Yeah. And so I imagine that there's going to be a lot of roofers who are very happy for the new business oh, I'm that they're sure. going to get from I'm all the leaks sure. that people yeah. have found. Why leave any adversity behind? Use everything that can happen. Somebody's yeah. going to better. Oh, happen. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's well, right. You, that's you know, right. The good thing is you'll have enough water for a long time. That's of right. Of course, the situation <laughs> is bad, but everyone's safe on your end. Everything is good. Yes, everything's good. And you know what? We were really fortunate. We have a Tesla battery. So when the power went out and oh, everybody, so that's all our good. neighbors so were have, dark. Yeah. Oh, I was so grateful. I was like, thank yeah. the Lord for this battery. At one <laughs> so, time you needed yeah. it. That's all it made the difference. I know. It was oh, wow. great. It was great. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad everything is working out good. Annie, again, too, thank you again for joining us. I am super excited. So let's Me start too. with this, Annie. The name of our show is Migrate to Wealth. I think you know that. And I've been on your show, so this is actually amazing to have you on my show as well. The whole theme of our show is not about wealth. It is wealth. Wealth is important. And we're looking at wealth as holistically, not just financial wealth. But we're, we're basically putting a lot of emphasis on migration, right? The story of migration, because change is constant. Everyone's migrating. We're trying to hopefully make our listeners change more intentional, right? That's really the background of this entire show. That's why I've created the show. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have even launched it. So with that said, Annie, what has been your migration story? I know I'm going to guide you a little bit because um, I think you can talk for this for five days and we still won't have enough of your stories. So what we want to look at is what are you doing right now, which is very, you're trying to create wealth for others, trying to create financial independence for others. So let's talk about that journey. How did you come from whatever you were doing to where, how did you land into this aspect, which I know you're very passionate about? Wow. Well, I will, it's a big question and I'm going to try to give you highlights, sure. but I'm going to start a little bit earlier in my story because I think it's very relevant. 
So I was born in Beijing and my parents actually never intended to come to the States to stay. Mm-hmm. What happened was my dad was getting his PhD at Iowa State. I was four years old. My, my mom and I got a visitor's visa to come and we were going to go back in three months time. But we came in May of 1989 finished his PhD. It was a tough time. He wasn't able to find a job. My mom, she was a nurse in China and finding a job. So she was working in a restaurant. And so, you know, I went from this family life in Beijing where we had a fair amount of money and, you know, we were decently well off middle class to, you know, living in this foreign land where we all had to learn the language, didn't have So you um, did not speak English? No, I Mandarin was my first language. And so wow. when I came to the States, I didn't know any English. And I still remember the first English word I learned was no. Because the, <laughs> the there was a girl, word. I went down to the playground. <laughs> there was a girl pushing me on the swings. I'm afraid of heights. She pushed me so high. I don't know where it came from, but I just started yelling, no, oh, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the perfect word but, um, to start with. Yeah. But anyway, so the reason I bring up this early experience is because it really showed me the value, the difference between having money versus not Mm -hmm. having money. And I saw my parents work extremely hard, double shifts, triple shifts to be able to try to make ends meet. And I remember still once my mom told me, did you know some people are rich enough that they put all their money in the bank? This is what she Mm. thought to be true. She said, they put all their money in the bank, they save it all up. And there's so much money that they've saved up that they can live just off the interest. She wasn't that far off. She was almost there. That far off. Yeah. Yeah, she was almost there. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. I want to do that. I want to save up that much money to be able to not have to work and live off the interest. And so that's all I knew. They didn't know much about investing. And so we then moved around quite a bit more. But, you know, once I got into my adulthood, I really wanted to think about money. Actually, I didn't think about wealth. I wanted to help people. I started off as an elementary school teacher, then got into game design because I wanted to create educational games for kids. Mm. Then I got into adult learning and development, creating gamified trainings for companies. Never was thinking about real estate or wealth building. I was thinking about impact. And so I had these two different things, right? I had this early experience around the value of money. And then when I started to grow my career, it was all focused on impact. Forget about the money. Mm-hmm. And then the universe dropped in my lap, this amazing opportunity. And so what happened was I, in the 10 years after college, I had nine different jobs. I was just bouncing around trying wow. to find the right fit for me and always reflecting, is this where I can have the most impact? Is this the best use of my skills? I kept moving around. And by that ninth job, I was working as a creative director. My husband had just become a real estate agent a couple years prior. His business was taking off. And he asked me to help with his business. And then by then you were in Bay Area? 
By yes, then you guys we were in the Bay, Bay Area. Area. Got it. Yes, we were in the Bay Area and I reluctantly agreed to help him with his business. And in the process of redoing his website, I remembered what my mom had said all those years ago. And I hmm. saw real estate, not what he was doing in selling residential real estate, but I remembered what she had said about some people live off the interest. I didn't know that's what passive, this whole term of passive income or any of that yeah. stuff. But so I was like, wait, wait a second. If we buy X number of these small multifamily, how we were looking at duplexes and whatnot at the time, right. I said, if we buy X number of these and we can rent them out, that's what creates that thing that my mom was talking nice. about, that passive income. And then, you know, I've had nine jobs in the last 10 years. I don't want to keep playing this game. If I can just acquire enough of these properties, then I can quit and I could do whatever I want. If I want to work, I could do that. If not, I don't have to. And so initially actually started down that path, just thinking again about myself and my own portfolio. And I got so obsessed with this. It was all I could talk about. So everywhere I went, people would ask, Hey, Annie, how you doing? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you about this market. Let me tell you about this property. And so I was so passionate about it. People started asking, Hey, teach me to do it too. I want to learn. And so I'd say, okay, sure. Here's the process. And I try to teach them everything I knew, but at a certain point, everybody had a different different point where they could last to, but eyes started glazing over, right? And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. You misunderstood. I don't want to do any work. <laughs> I just want to, I have this money. I just want to put just this money yeah. in and yeah, do it for me. And I was like, you know, I, I really can't. There's, there's small properties. I didn't know anything about syndication then. This was 2017. Mm -hmm. But then I had enough of these conversations and this is where the migration part really, because part of being able to migrate and change is being open to the opportunity. Right. Right. And so at that point, I was like, wait a second, I see a pattern here. I keep having these conversations. There's a common thread, which is there's people who have money they want to put in. They don't want to do the work. Right. And so then I said, okay, is there an opportunity here for me? I never owned a business, never wanted to mm -hmm. own a business, but I said, is there an opportunity for me to just, you know, work together with them, help them solve their problem, create that impact for them and help me solve my challenge and my goals of creating this small portfolio. And so one thing led to another, and that's how I discovered syndication. And I realized, wow, this is the hidden gem yeah. secret. Right. And I said, if I can just right. tell the whole world about this, this is going to change huge amounts of lives. And so that's what then led me to get into this business in the first place. Wow. And of course, you've exploded it since. So that's amazing. Congratulations. But I do want to reflect on your journey. I think it's interesting, right? Because it seemed like, of course, Steve Jobs always said, looking forward, none of the dots connect, but looking back, everything yes. in your life makes yes. sense, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like your mom telling you about that investing piece, which kind of stuck mm -hmm. in your head somewhere. You being a teacher, yep. because you are, you're mm -hmm. a great teacher now, like you, I know you have mentoring and coaching, mm -hmm. so that the training, yep. creative, it seemed like everything in your life, you just didn't realize it, happened for a reason to guide you to a path oh, yeah. where it all made sense, and now you're using all those skills. It's amazing to just kind of yes. take a pause and reflect back on why everyone, life probably seemed hard at some point, 
but those hardships mm -hmm. is what shaped you, right? Yeah. I mean, even like, and I love that quote from Steve Jobs. I refer to it all the time too, yeah. the connecting the dots. It's so true because like, as I was figuring out my career path, right, I majored in psychology. Then I mm -hmm. went to teach elementary school. And then from there, you know, I went into game design, but I did it from like, I knew a little bit of design because I actually interned at the FBI. They right. put me in the web and simulation development unit. Mm. I learned some basic design. So I knew I had the design piece, but I didn't have the coding piece. So right. when I went to game design school, I went to study a little bit of the programming side. I wanted to make sure I could do it all if I needed to create right. a game on my own. And so I had that. And then I went into adult learning and development, kind of bringing gamification to it yeah. and the creative direction and the website development and working with clients. I mean, all of it. I use all of that every Today. day in yeah. what I do now. It's, yeah. And it's now uncanny. you're now you're doing it to serve your purpose of impact because the impact you're creating, yes, the syndications can create in people's life if done correctly, it's mind blowing, right? Because oh, you're yes. you're just kind of following your mom's trick, which is use your money. Yeah. Which is, I think what you should. She just described in the term she knew best: use your money to work yes. for yourself instead of working yes. for money. Yes, and I'm glad you found yes. that path. So thank you for sharing that story. So yes. anyway, let's talk about it, right? So. Of course, you made a decision and now you've been a very successful syndicator. How did that journey look like? Right. So the day you decided that I found my path, that I'm going to explore it mm -hmm. more to where you are. Give us a few minutes, may not be enough, but we'll try that. Give us a very quick synopsis of how did that path become, come to be? That day that I made that decision, I was sitting at my kitchen table bawling my eyes out. That's how scared I was. So here, wow. this is a great getting chills for, already. for the listener. Oh, wow. If you're in sort of a spot where you're trying to make a big decision, I'll give you the exercise that I had heard on a podcast and I sat down to do. And it's a very simple thing. And so you take a piece of paper and you just divide it in half. And on the left side, you write down all of your fears around mm -hmm. this opportunity or this decision you're making. And on the right-hand side, you write down all the opportunities. It's a very simple exercise. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, you know what, let me just give this a try. So I sat down at my kitchen table and I started to write down the fears. And when you're thinking about quitting your job to go into something unknown, there's a lot of fear, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when you write it down, a funny thing happens because you realize there's not actually that many fears. Yeah. It's just that those fears take up so much space. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I wrote them all down, it was only like four, maybe five fears. One of them was, I have to figure out how to get my own computer because I got to give my computer back to my work. And when, it's a when I, was, fear. I wrote, it's a wrote that fear. down, I was like, that is so silly. Like, why is that <laughs> holding me back? But fear of, you know, replacing my income, being able to contribute to my family, fear of mm -hmm. failure, you know. So I wrote down all these fears. And then after, you know, the first four or five, I was like, can't really think of anything else. Everything else rolls yeah. into these. So then I shifted and I said, okay, what about the opportunity? So then I started to list out all the opportunities, the opportunities to contribute to the community, to mm -hmm. have an impact, to change lives, to shape this whole industry. Like I started and I filled up that whole half of the page. And then I stopped 
and I looked at the paper and it was right there, clear as day in yeah. black and white, the imbalance of the opportunity versus the fear. Yeah. And that's when I started just sobbing because I knew in that moment what I had to do but it didn't mean I wasn't terrified to do it. I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs or business owners. Yeah. Everybody I knew had a job. They went to work, they came home, they got a paycheck. And so I knew I was stepping into this unknown, but I knew I had to do it because I had this passion. And I knew that that passion doesn't come along easily. It doesn't right. come along all the time in life. When that's planted in you, it's an opportunity to step forth into that courage. And some people take that call and they move forward and great things can happen. A lot of people close the door on that and they keep going with what they're doing. So I decided yeah. to take that leap and I quit my job. This was end of 2017. So I quit my job. My last day was in Jan at the end of January, 2018. And Congratulations there are no I know it's been five years yeah, and that's so awesome. there are no accidents. So yeah. the week right after I quit my job, I went to the best ever conference mm -hmm. and that's where I met my business partner, Julie. And I did not realize so, that's where you guys met. Okay. That's right. Mm. Isn't that wild? We both it's lived a perfect in matchmaking, matchmaking conference. Yeah. Yes. And we realized we were both passionate about helping moms and women to get into the real estate investing space. And not only that, but we had very complementary skill sets. Mm -hmm. And so from there, that first year we were in business, I mean, we really officially launched the business in May of 2018. And in that second half of that first year, we, I think we were part of nine or 10 syndications. Mm -hmm. And then that following year, 10 more and so on. And we were very fortunate to get in at the right time, create some really great partnerships. There was great deal flow. And through the work that we did, what I brought to the table as a teacher and what yeah. Julie brought to the table with her great sales skills <laughs> and her legal background too, we were able to kind of create this perfect storm, but it's like a, a kind of a confluence of all of our skills to create this brand experience for people in a space that had traditionally been very formal and, you know, kind of a insider's club. We kind and of a transactional, right? Everybody. Transactional. It was yeah. very transactional. I think this whole yes. um, investor experience yes. is a new thing in mm -hmm. this entire industry, right? That I think it's helpful to bring that yeah, heart, heart first approach. So, but I do, I do want to reflect on your story really quick. So it yes. seems like it's very interesting, right? Because I think part of that, what's not letting people move forward. And you, of course, wanted to take an active role. But I see that even in passive mm -hmm. aspect of it. Right? When, you're, when somebody's presented yeah. a deal, most people talk themselves out of a deal, right? The question they're asking is not... Yeah why I should do the deal. They're asking the question, why I shouldn't right. the deal. And there are tons of questions right. and questions and questions. And those questions, mm -hmm. I think what the exercise you went through, which is pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And I think I like the title better, yeah. fears and what excites you. So if pros and cons sometimes mm -hmm. could not, may not elicit that response, which is great. Sure. And once yeah. you start looking at it, it's really one or two big fears. And most of these fears, yeah. 
you've already made mm-hmm. that choice on something else. Like for example, right? If somebody's investing in real yeah. estate, it's passive, especially as a passive, you're already comfortable investing passively in a different asset class. Right? It's you've already right. crossed that barrier. Mm-hmm. So why bring it yes. up again? Right? It's just that they're right. not comfortable with the asset class. And there's really only one fear. And now the whole journey mm-hmm. is let me understand that asset class better versus trying to say that I'm not comfortable investing passively. I think it's just once you start getting yourself, getting your thoughts organized in a structured manner, mm-hmm. people realize yes. that decision making isn't that hard. We just make it super hard. And of course, it's easier said yeah. than done. I've encountered, just like yourself, several hard decisions. I just quit in December. December 2nd was my last day at WT. Hey, congratulations. Um, thank you. So again, the path to get there wasn't an easy path because yes. we're going against the grain. So you have to go mm-hmm. through the process to make sure. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I always tell people is every deci- most decisions in life are reversible. Right? We make such yes. a big deal. Most yes. of the decisions, including me, we make such a big deal about decisions. Most decisions are mm-hmm. reversible. Yes, you don't want to make that plan B ever, but if you have to, you know you right. have it, right? So you don't yes. even have to worry about exactly. having a plan B. It's already there available to you. Yeah, you may not make two hundred thousand dollars. You'll make hundred thousand dollars. You'll make one fifty. Yeah. You make set. You'll be able to put food on the table, right? Which is yes. which is the biggest risk. So having said that, yes. next step. So now you got these syndications done. You had mm-hmm. a lot of success under your belt. Tell us some of your challenges, right? So now you're traditionally not coming from a place where you have raised capital. And I'm yeah. assuming given the background you've described, you were not, maybe Excel spreadsheet wasn't your forte. Doesn't oh, mean you're scared no. of it. <laughs> so how did you overcome that? Because one of the biggest risks yeah. that I, what keeps me alive, not alive, mm-hmm. awake at night is, <laughs> do I understand the deal enough, right? To that, that mm-hmm. I, Have I done proper due diligence? Have I done enough due diligence? And what am I missing? Yeah. So that when the deal goes yeah. live, the investors don't, I'm not putting somebody else's money at risk. Right? Can I put yeah. my money at risk? The first question. So help us understand right. your psychology that how did you mm-hmm. traverse that? I'm assuming you used, you leaned heavily on Julie and she leaned heavily on you, some of these skills. Help us understand that. Yeah. So, you know, it was a learning journey for both of us as well. And it was great having and building this investor community because they helped us learn as much as we helped them. And so especially early on, you know, we kind of divided it so that I was doing all of the marketing education pieces and Julie was taking the investor calls. And so she would hop on a call with an investor and in those early days, it would be, you know, maybe two hours and she would mm-hmm. answer every question that they had, yeah. you know, start to finish. And then, you know, we'd get together and she'd say, oh my gosh, I just got off another call. They keep asking me the same questions same over questions, and over again. Right. I'm like, Great. I'm like, got my pencil ready. I'm like, yeah, tell me what the questions are. Right. And so then we would do this every week and she would tell me what the questions people were asking and I would write them down. And I would say, great, over this next week, I'm going to create a piece of content to answer this question. I'm going to, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to go find find the answer. I'm going to research the answer, talk to other people. And I'm going to create a piece of content so that the next time somebody asks you this question, you just point them to this article or this video. Right. Right. And, And 
way, first year, we made 50, 60 blog posts on all these questions that people were asking, that they were concerned about risks that they were perceiving, fears that mm-hmm. they had, addressing the whole gamut based on what they were telling us that they were concerned about. And so after that, you know, maybe a year in, 18 months in, I remember Julie and I talking one day and I said, so how are, you know, it's been a while, you know, how are the investor calls going now? And she said, oh, they're easy peasy now. She's like, forget two hours. I hop on a call. One of the first questions they ask me is where do I send the check? And they're like, I've watched all the videos. Right. Yeah. Right. They've watched all the videos. They've read all the blog posts. They're like ready to go. And so that's how we were able to navigate it. Not from a standpoint of we know everything, but from really this service mindset of we're here to help you. We have certain skill sets and connections that can help you to reach your goals. Help us understand your goals and what's holding you back and let us figure out how to help you get there. And so that's sort of the approach we took, not as a we're up here on the mountain, you're down here, but really we're side by side. And how can we partner together and leverage our unique skill sets and strengths to build our collective wealth together? That's such an interesting because I think you're now... Uh, I, I know you love Don Miller, Story Brand. That's exactly what you're trying to do now, right? And you were doing it more intuitively. Yeah. I don't know if you if you read that book at that time, but you're doing it yeah. more intuitively where well, you're... No, no go, ahead, go yeah. ahead. No, at that Story Brand book, I read it at a pivotal moment and it changed my life. I didn't have a marketing background, but when I read that, I was like, this, this makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I just met him at uh, Business Mastery. Uh, from oh, Tony Robbins. Yeah, nice. it was amazing. Excellent. He was there. And so it was amazing. He was there in person, just kind of meet him. It's always good to yeah. kind of meet these people where what they're saying makes so much sense. We're yeah. not doing it to grow us. Ultimately, we're just helping, right? And the more we help, yes. the more we service yeah. people, the more everyone is yes. going to be successful. And so do with us. Like It's not a charity, so yes. everyone's trying to make money, but doing it in a way which is more them custom directly your clients first rather than money first so i'm assuming you guys were pretty much trailblazers in that there's not a lot of folks at that time at least who are doing that i know since then you've trained a lot of people in your approach you have a coach successful coaching and mentoring program now so i'm assuming a lot of that has been circulated around and there's more and more of annie and julie's are coming out of the market so help me understand that what change do you see now from when you started to if someone's Mm -hmm. doing it now Yeah. So, you know, when we first started, one of the big opportunities I saw as I looked across the landscape of real estate syndication back in 2017, 2018 was it seemed like it was a very, I hate to use this term, but that's all that we, I have, it seemed like an old boys club, you know, and it seemed like everything was like closed doors, very Mm -hmm. formal. Like you had to know a certain amount to even have a seat at the table. Otherwise people were going to laugh at you. They weren't going to give you the time of day. Mm -hmm. That's the overall sense that the syndication community or the industry gave me at the time when we came into this business. And so at that time I was like, but this is something that could help everybody. Why keep it in a closed black box and keep this as 
secret, why don't we just open the door and make it available to moms and dads and retirees and whoever wants to come in? And so that's the approach we took at the time was, okay, how can we, like the number of times I, I typed like capital preservation or like a big yeah. term like that. And then I went, wait a second, delete, 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 delete. They didn't want to understand we it. protect your money. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I would do that constantly. And I was like, how can I take what I'm learning from the industry, filter it through, translate that into common everyday language? I, f I feel like if somebody could crack the net for like the legal world on this, that would be another big opportunity. You know, I felt like the real estate syndication world was like that too. It was like very, like you had to have this lingo to understand it. And we wanted to make it very accessible and inviting and welcoming for people. And so, you know, I think that really grabbed people's attention because for the first time, people were seeing themselves reflected in our brand and our community. Mm -hmm. And so they were really to that. And so, you know, as you mentioned, we've now taught a lot of people in the community to do that. So there's more and more brands out right. there who are more about lifestyle, about using real estate as a way to create your ideal life. And I think where we are now is at a point where, okay, we've helped people to realize the value of real estate. We've taught them how to do this. Many of them have invested in many deals with us. Okay but we've been talking about life by design mm -hmm. this whole time. And these people who have invested in maybe 10, 12 deals with us, they're still in the grind. They're right. still working their jobs. Right. They're still stressed out. So now the next step is how can we lead them in that next phase? How can we really fill that gap between where they are now and that best life that they want to lead? Mm -hmm. So we've, maybe help them to solve some of the passive income and the wealth right. challenges. But now what is that next step? So we're talking about that investor experience, things like investor retreats, life by mm -hmm. design summits, masterminds. How can we bring together this community? So it's not just about real estate anymore. Right. It's not just about the cash flow distributions. It's about something <laughs> much bigger. And so that's the opportunity that I see ahead for the whole syndication industry, honestly. Annie, I love that piece. I mean, that's what I live by, right? It's not about money. Money is important because it gets you to a certain point where you have optionality of decision-making, right? you have choices. And if you keep following the money, there's no end to it because you could be a billionaire, then you want 10 billion, then you want 20 billion. There's always money available to grab, right? There's oh, no yeah. end to it. So I think, but the point is that everyone has got a family, right? Everyone's trying to make an impact. And there's really no platform that even I see. And that's why we started Migrate to Wealth. It took me a while to get there because I didn't feel comfortable just doing it for a transaction, which is just to make you money. Mm -hmm. I actually want to make an impact yeah. in you. I want to be part of your life, right? And we want to impact your yes. kids, your generations, and we want to leave a legacy behind so that, and of course, everyone who we're touching their kids are getting involved, right? So my dream really is to build a community where kids, your family, your, doesn't matter if they didn't invest with you. And when they come in touch with us, you leave a positive impression that their lives change a little bit. That's our big BHAG, right? Big yes. uh, uh, audacious yep. goal. That's what we're looking at. And I'm glad to hear because this is great. It's refreshing 
you don't see that mm-hmm. usually. You're seeing that, hey, yeah. I'm going to make you money. But not a lot of people right. have talked about, I'm going to change your life. Because I've yes. changed my own, this is how I'm going to do that. For mm-hmm. you. So it's, it's amazing. It's, it's actually refreshing yeah. to hear that perspective. So kudos to you guys. And I think real estate is such a perfect cover, I guess, for what people are really struggling with in life. Mm-hmm. Because the symptom that they present with is, I don't have enough money. I want right. to create passive income. Right. right? That's the symptom, mm-hmm. but it's a much deeper issue in their life. And so right. it's great because we can pull them in with their immediate pain point, help them to get to a point where they're building passive income, creating wealth. They know how this whole investing world works. They feel confident there. Okay, now that that's taken care of, great. now let's look at the yeah. deeper issue. Let's help you to create that life that you really want. Yeah, I go back to Tony Robbins. I know you're a big Tony fan as well. So Tony Robbins always says, right, sometimes you need to give them what they want to give them what they really need, right? And it actually connects it, right? Because if if you start talking about create life by design as a first step, chances are most people will be lost, right? Because that's not, they don't believe that's what they want. They're like, I can do Yeah, I can do it when I'm 70 or when I retire. But we're basically telling them that, you know what, you can retire tomorrow. Like I remember the questions one of my friends said is like, why are you working so hard? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm working hard generally because I love to create an impact. He's like, you know, if you just stay employed and all that good stuff, you're going to retire at 65 and you'll do reasonably well and all that good stuff. (laughs) I'm like, you know what, there's so many assumptions built into that. My good friend, I'm glad you're stringing that up. You're thinking that, I want to work till 65. You think that they're going to yeah. keep me employed till 65. And more importantly, I'm actually right. going to live till 65. I have no idea. Or I'm yeah. healthy at 65. Yeah. Right? I don't know. But if there are ways for us to create mm-hmm. that now, why don't we? Doesn't right. mean we'll be successful or not, right? That's not a question. It's more about curiosity. Let's try it. Yeah. Let's approach life with curiosity. Mm-hmm. And if we can make it happen, we make it happen. And if it doesn't, no harm, no fault. Most of us are yeah. able to create an impact exactly. if we just change it. So I appreciate yes. that. I mean, what you guys are doing, of course, if there's anything I can help with, I would love to in, on that journey for you guys. What's next for you guys, right? So I know you guys have also created, or at least I see on your newsletter, I haven't talked to you about it, program mm-hmm. for kids, right? Tell us more about that because that's something you don't yeah. need to talk about. Yeah. So this is part of our great, I mean, obviously we're having impact with people in the ways that they're investing and building wealth, but we've always wanted to have deeper impact than that. So a couple of years ago, we were able to launch our Good Egg Gives program where we give a portion of our proceeds on every deal to a charity that's important to our community. Mm-hmm. And then after we launched that, then the next initiative we wanted to launch was Money Wise Kids. Mm-hmm. And Money Wise Kids, is our way of not only because we love to teach and we feel like everybody should have this information at their fingertips. And while we're teaching the adults, we thought, well, why, why not just go to the source, go to when they're young before they have to unlearn everything that society teaches them go right to the kids. They're super smart and teach them about good money habits. They're already thinking about money. Teach them how to manage money from when they're five, six, seven years old. Teach them about entrepreneurship. They can already start a business when they're in first grade, second grade. And teach them a little bit about investing so they can start to think about how to grow their money over time. 
And so we launched this program last year. And, you know, as with any new initiative, there's a lot of trial and error. But one of the big successes that we had was at the end of this last year, one of our MoneyWise Kids participants, Brindley, she's, I think she's eight or nine years old. And she had been all the classes and she actually decided to start her own business called Brindley Bakes. And she, all the things that we taught. So she figured out how much startup capital she would need. Mm -hmm. And then she thought, how can I make this money using the skills that I currently have? So she offered to do chores around the house and she was able to make the initial startup capital. Her dad, you know, it's all about who, not how, right? So she knew she needed a person who knew tech. Her dad was, works in the tech industry. So they worked together to build a website where she could take orders. She makes cakes and cookies and pies. And she was able to, over the holidays especially, she made several hundred dollars taking these orders. Um, Wow. And she and her grandma would bake all of the goods. And her dream was to then someday own a warehouse and a commercial kitchen and to be able to do this. But you know, and then we talked to her about, you know, how she's using the money. She's reinvesting a lot of it back into her business to continue to grow it. I mean, stuff that, you know, we didn't learn until, right. you know, many, many years after college. I didn't learn this stuff until I was in my 30s. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's the fact that she can ex- not only learn it, but experience it before she's even 10 years old. Oh, it's amazing. means that her trajectory... Yeah. Is going to be way far right, in right. advance. I, th- I love that, right? Because I think your story, your mom planted that seed. The seed germinated yes. at a certain point, mm-hmm. but the seed was always there. Yeah. So I think all yeah. we can do yeah. right now is to plant that seed. Now, they may get lost yes. along the way, yes. but they always have that experience with them now. So whenever they're ready, hopefully yes. sooner than later, yes. they don't have to wait till yeah. the 30s or 40s. But if the sooner they're ready, now they have yep. experienced it, they've touched it, they have ran it in a controlled environment yes. where the risk of failure is very low, right? I mean, at 30s, 40s, 50s, yes. the risk goes higher and higher and higher, right? Mm-hmm. The inertia drags oh, yeah. you down. I was talking to my wife today. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I wish I was 22 right now. Not that, I mean, I love yeah. you, but I wish I didn't have any wife. I don't have any kids. I don't have any of them. I would have just gone right. off. She's like, yeah, yeah but totally. you were busy partying then, Socket, so you couldn't have. I'm like, yes. <laughs> The new socket would have done that, not the old one. Right, right. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Annie, we're coming to the end of the show here. I know you have to leave as well. So um, two last questions. One of the questions really is yes. sticking with that theme that we were just talking about, right? Cash them young. If you had a chance to go back to your 15, 20-year-old self, what would you tell them? Right, And it's less about investing, more about life, right? Kind of like, you know what? Because investing is, I mean, business is an intellectual sport. It's just a sport. You use your intellect instead of your body. That's a major difference. So Mm -hmm. what would you tell them or yourself going back Mm -hmm. in time about one insight? Yes, I would say question everything. Mm -hmm. Because 20 years ago, me in, in college, high school, down in elementary school, I would figure out what the rules were and follow every rule to a T. I got wow. straight A's. I was valedictorian. I went to Ivy League school. I followed that trajectory as it was laid yeah. out before me. I'm a great executor. But at the time, I wasn't a great outside-the-box thinker. 
I didn't question the path that was laid before me. I was like, this is the path. People have told me they've gone before me. They figured out the path. I'm going to follow the path and do the best I can to stay on the path. And I wish at the time I could have taken just a moment to sit down and think, is this really the path to success? Is it the path to the success that I want for my life? Is this the life that I want to build? Or is this somebody else's path? And is there another way? And I wish that I had dabbled in business earlier in my life. I mean, obviously, for everything that we've talked about, everything happens for a reason. But, you know, I wish that I had the opportunity earlier on to explore because I really now, after having nine jobs in 10 years after college, I realized I was never meant to be an employee. I was supposed to be an entrepreneur all along. So I could have saved myself a lot of heartache had I questioned that path earlier on. So Annie, how would you, you know, at that time of the age, like 15, 20 year old, so much going on in your life, right? And I didn't grow up in this country, so I have no idea. So I'm just going to reflect back on my, I think it's the same, a teenager is a teenager. I don't think a whole lot changes. What skill would you need to have to even question that, right? Because you're trying to fit in. A lot of us trying to fit in at that age. Yeah. And your advice, although very good looking back, but at that time, yeah. you're going to stand out. So it's completely off, yeah. right? What skill would you need to have to even to take that question to next level, which is the execution, which I know you're all about? Yeah, right. You know, it's funny because I, on paper, I followed all the rules, but I'm actually a rebel on the inside. Hmm. And so if you look at the way that I did things and we, I won't get into it here, but the way that I've done things has always been like, yeah, I figure out the rules, but I push just up to the Just edge. a little bit to not and, get into trouble. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. On everything. I mean, even like when I graduated from this Ivy league school, I then went and did teach for America and taught in inner city schools. Yeah, you know, I said, yeah, that. I'm going to get a job. Yeah but I'm not going to get the, uh, the high paying executive management consulting job you think yeah. I'm going to get. Yeah. And so even then I was not afraid to stand out, but it just never, I felt like I had blinders on. Like mm-hmm. I just never, there was nobody talking about that there was another way. So I think right. if I had maybe sought out some of those connections, or if maybe my parents, you know, had some more of those connections or that network, or even like reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I didn't read until my late 20s, you know, just the mindset shift, I think, yeah. to just start to think that there might be something outside right. of the matrix that we live in. Correct. <laughs> it just never right. occurred to me. So I think it was a mindset shift for sure. No, that's amazing. So last question really is, now let's take it a little higher. I know you're very, your soul's very spiritual, like you're heart centric. So the question is going to be right up your alley, which is what would you want the humanity to migrate towards? Right? It's just that one thing that you want the humanity to migrate towards. What would, what would that one thing be for you? You know, when I was young, and this happens to a lot of people, when I was young, I was like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to go out and I'm going to help people. I'm going to create something that's going to change everybody else. Right. And now as I've become older and wiser, I realize the best way for me to change the world is if I change me. 
If I become the best version of myself, if I step into the courage to become who I was meant to be and why I'm here, if I can fulfill that, that is how I change the world. And for humanity, I think if everybody could get to a place where they can become their true authentic selves, they live their truth, then that is what's going to change humanity. And I think the money is a piece of that. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people hold the money over themselves as this is the challenge. Right. This is the barrier holding me back from becoming my true self. Okay, great. Let's work with that. Let's figure out how to use that to then catapult you to the next level. But I think if everybody could stop looking outward and start looking inward, I think that's where the real change is going to happen. Isn't that, this is why you're Annie, Annie. You just hit the nail <laughs> on the head, right? Because most people are trying to change somebody else. Let's change this, let's change that. But we can actually focus on ourselves and make ourselves the better version, whatever the version is. Doesn't mean you have to mm-hmm. be the next this or next that, whatever your better version is yeah. at that moment. And it's probably going to continue to evolve anyways. So I love that. Yes. On that high note... Annie, I am pretty sure somebody would want to talk to you now. Next, where can they reach you? Well, the best place to go to learn about all that we're doing is our website. It's goodegginvestments.com. There you'll find everything. We've laid out all the traps for you for the rabbit hole. So don't worry. You'll find everything (laughs) you need there. You can get in touch with me, with our team, learn all about this whole world. Get in touch with us if you're wanting to get on the active side and syndicate your own deals. So we'll have all of those resources for you there. Goodegginvestments.com. Perfect. We'll include that link on the, uh, on the show notes below. Annie, again, once again, thank you again for showing up. I really appreciate you. And thank you for what you do. And thank you for being you. Appreciate it. This has been such a joy and an honor. Such a joy to talk to you today, Socket. And I hope the listener has gotten some good value out of this conversation. I am sure they did. I know I did. I'm sure of it is. Well, thank you. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.